This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 329 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Don't eat the collared snow. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Kentucky Performance Products, Dr. Rose's Remedies, and RidingWarehouse.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Glenda Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, howdy, Helena. Howdy, Glenn. You know, I have to tell you, um, I don't always know who our sponsors are for every show until we get in here and see the show notes. And um, I just had my my little bucket of Dr. Rose's Remedies out this morning. Oh, really? Yeah. It was floating around my bathroom. I have like 10 of them. I know. And um and it was floating around. I'm like, oh thank God there it is. You know, like sometimes I lose it because my bathroom is a crazy mess. And Are it's you surprised not really <laughs> meant for humans uh, necessarily, but I kinda use it on myself all the time. I always use I use all of my horses stuff on myself. Like I use all my cowboy magic things on myself. I use everything. Um, but but I happen to be like, oh, there's my Dr. Roses. <laughs> or there's Brody's Dr. Roses. Give me that. <laughs> Well, we'll so, talk about more about Dr. Roses a little later in the show. But first, we have we have a, a lot of fun guests. Of course, it's uh, time for Chasing a Fox. So we'll be doing the Chasing a Fox segment first in today's show. And then we have coming up another past guest who's been with us since, I think, the very beginning, like six years ago, coming on almost every year. Scott Trees, our favorite photographer, horsey I photographer. I love him. Oh, he's such a neat guy. And then Bree from Riding Warehouse will be joining us for the Tack and Habit segment later in the show. So we have a lot to get to. Do you want to just get started? Yeah, let's go. Go, go, go. Well, who's your guest for Chasing a Fox in a Little Black Dress? This month, we have my old friend, Sissy Finn. She's going to talk to us about um, some, well, basically what her hunt season was like, because I have been out for the entire hunt season with a broken wrist um, that happened, yeah, two weeks before opening meet. So we had to live vicariously through Sissy, and a lot of living we have done, because she's had a very exciting and successful hunt season, and it all culminated with her earning a very, very special distinction, and that is her hunt's colors. So let's welcome Sissy and find out what the what the 2014 hunt season was like for her right after this nutrition minute from Kentucky Performance Products this nutrition minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products the company that simplifies your search for research proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com the horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products Managing horses can be challenging. Each horse's personality affects the way he behaves and reacts to the world around him. Horses with certain dispositions can be at higher risk for developing health problems than others. High-strung or excitable horses are easily stressed, but so is the timid, quiet warrior. Stressed horses are more likely to develop digestive upsets that lead to colic, diarrhea, and ulcers. Nalox Advanced was specifically developed to support a digestive tract that is under stress. It sustains proper pH levels, reducing the incidence of ulcers and hindgut imbalances, while simultaneously supporting the healing of damaged tissues. Nalox Advanced supports the complete digestion of starches and sugars and sustains populations of beneficial bacteria. Make life a little easier on your sensitive horse and start him on Nalox Advanced today. To learn more about the ingredients in Nalox Advanced, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Of 
And now my favorite part of the Stable Scoop Radio show. It's our Chasing a Fox in a Little Black Dress segment. This week we have Sister Finn on with us, and she's going to tell us all about fall season and a very special distinction that she earned at the end of that season. Welcome back, Sissy. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry I missed um, the last show. I was busy hunting. I miss you guys. I know. We miss you too, but we do get to live vicariously through you. So <laughs> what the heck? Where you been? What's happening? Well, our, our formal hunting season is in um, October and November, so I've been hunting up a storm. Um, we had the, the biggest hunt that we had this year was our joint meat. And that's when we have some hunts come from, we have the Norfolk hunt. You'll have to help me here, Helena. It's myopia, Norfolk, Wentworth. Wentworth. Yep. Um, and one more, I can't remember what the fourth one is, but we had over a hundred riders come and ride out with the myopia hounds. And it was such a fun day. Everybody, it was, the weather was glorious. The horses all behaved. Um, the people behaved as well as they could. Of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that was, that was a really, really fun meet. Um, Cause when you get that many horses together um, and we had probably 50 car followers as well. So the whole thing, there was just a lot of energy everywhere, both in the saddle and out of the saddle, which makes it all really exciting. Um, so that was our, our big meet this year. The three weekends in November that were really busy, which you were part of one of them, we had our hunt ball, which yep. do you want to talk about hunt ball at all? I we will. We got. I finally got to see Helena's little black dress and she looked all sexy and good. And that we'll have to post that <laughs> on our stable scoop page for everybody to oogle. She looked all sexy looked and good. I love Glenn's compliments. They're <laughs> just so down home. <laughs> I don't you, know the fancy terms. You just looked hot, all right? That's what I... <laughs> there was, you know, if we had more time, I could tell a really funny story about this This little fox hunter running through the mall because she screwed up her makeup appointment and oh my doing the mad dash between Macy's and Nordstrom's and Macy's and Nordstrom's and then finally settling down um, at the Chanel counter so that she could look fabulous. There's just, it there's never well a dull moment. Rush. It was. So apparently Glenn, your compliment about looking good was, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of effort to go into that. Wait a minute. You had makeup on? Oh, <laughs> Oh, so yeah, we had, so we had some high holy days. Then, um, obviously, we have uh, well, you know, the weather. You never know where you're going to get with the weather up here. So, um, right. there's the excitement of you know a big group of horses. The, there's the excitement of the weather. There's the excitement of um, you know whatever the the route is going to be that day. And then, of course, how um, how our huntsman lays the line. So, which has been. Pretty fast and fun this year. Really fast and fun. Yeah, it has been exciting. Very exciting. I, I think the word might be exhilarating. <laughs> and you finally oh. found you finally found some hardware for your your pony's mouth that that you both feel comfortable with. So you felt like you have a, a little bit of of control up there. Yeah, I definitely did most of the time. Most of the time, um, okay. which is always a good feeling because, as you know, when you get going, um, sometimes when you say "whoa," your horse still says "go." So it's hard to find that um, those brakes that work for both you and your horse without them getting mad at you. Um, so that that is is quite an accomplishment when you when you get that good recipe. But yeah, I was able. And to that makes you relax more in the speed. saddle, too. Definitely. Once you get that right, you know, then you can chill out. And then once you chill out, and then it just kind of snowballs in the good way, where everybody's mm -hmm. just kind of relaxed and and going along. And and you really got to you and your horse really got to know each other over the course of the last couple of months. And um, yeah. it sounds like you have a really, you have a great level of confidence in him now, and he must have the same in you. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I've, I was talking to my trainer about, you know, whether he should go south for the winter, and I decided to keep him with me this winter because we came so far that I'm afraid if he goes south that we will lose our connection. So he's going to stay up here with me, um, which is I don't know if that's good or bad. I hate the winter. <laughs> but you have those super duper snowshoes on them. You guys can go galloping around in the snow if you want. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Glenn, I don't know if you know the story, but our biggest meet of the year, of course, is Thanksgiving. How'd that go? That was always my favorite to come and watch. 
Well, it, it went really well, but it, I was a bit skeptical to begin with because I started watching the weather and then suddenly the snow was coming. And because I wasn't sure if I was shipping my horse south or not for the winter, my farrier had come and he had not put his snowshoes on. So suddenly we've got this snowstorm coming and my horse just has regular shoes. So I scrambled around and my farrier couldn't come down. And I had to find somebody else who luckily came and put snowballs and, and studs and borium and all that stuff on. Um, because when I went to bed the night before Thanksgiving, it was a snowstorm. And I thought, oh, dear, I can't go if if I don't have the shoes on. So I was very happy that I could go because there were quite a few people that didn't have the snowshoes and they went anyway. Now, what do you and talk about? slippery mess. Sissy, when you mm-hmm. talk snowshoes, are you talking uh, pads and, and uh, borium like we would do for road shoes and driving? Yep, the snowball okay. pads yep. they put in to pop the snow out in the front, and then borium on the toe, and then the studs on the heel. So it, okay. it sounds like it's very similar to the driving shoes. Yep. <laughs> you might as well put tire chains on. <laughs> <laughs> we right? needed them on Thanksgiving because it was really, really slippery, and the, the horses that didn't have them on we're almost falling down. So it's uh, it, it's always good to have the right shoes on for the weather in my Yeah, it, it looks pretty. Hunting in the snow looks pretty, and even if it's just a dusting, it, it looks gorgeous, but it's that dusting that can really – that's a problem. Like Because you've, you've called the footing um, – you've used this term to describe it. It, it gets greasy. It's, it's hard yeah. underneath, but you've got that top layer of just enough slick, and you need some bite to kind of – Definitely. Stay alive. Yeah. Well, you know so what? The first time you, I, oh, go ahead. You know, the same as with driving your car. It's always the first inch that causes the most accidents. And, you know, <laughs> once it gets about, you know, two or three inches, people get traction again. It's that first inch, and that's true with horses, too. It's always yeah. that first slippery inch that's a real problem. Well, I'd never hunted in the snow before, so I was, I was just a wreck. But it turned out to be okay. So I guess the first inch is all right if you've got the right equipment in my mind at least. So I'd do it again. Definitely do it again. Um, let's see. And then what you wrapped up the season. Well, you wrapped up with something really, really special that happened on Thanksgiving. Um, you oh, yeah. were awarded your, your hunt colors, which is a very big deal. But I think a lot of people don't really know what that is. So can you yeah, explain no what it is? And, uh, yeah. Well, there's a lot that goes into getting your hunt colors. And I'm sure every hunt is different at the, you know, the criteria that they have. But it's basically, you have to be hunting a certain amount of time. And for each hunt, I'm sure that differs. Um, you have to participate a certain amount. You have to um, volunteer a certain amount of time and, and, and energy. You have to uh, be a good rider. You have to um, come turned out correctly. And your horse needs to be neat, clean, tidy. Um, all the time. And um, you just have to be a good sporting person that is um, good for your hunt. And when, when they recognize that, you know, you're an asset to their hunt, then you will get awarded your colors by the masters of the hunt. So um, is that a pink coat? Do you become a pink coat? No, that's just for the men. When they get their colors, they can wear scarlet. Okay. And the the ladies, when they get awarded their colors, you can put the hunt's color on the collar of your hunt coat. Oh, okay. So instead of it being all black, now my hunt coat will be black, but my collar will be it's kind of a, a yellowish gold for the myopia colors. So cool. it's very exciting. Very exciting. I don't think people understand is what happens in the... What happened in the week before Thanksgiving? So your schedule, talking about like, oh my you know, going <laughs> balls to the walls. You, 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 you had, we had hunt ball, right? Um, mm-hmm. One week. And then right after that, right. we had, uh, you had hunt supper. I hosted a hunt supper. I get my husband and I yet. And uh, how many people showed 80, up? We had about 80 people for Whoa. dinner. <laughs> That's a big supper. Um, it was a big supper, but it was really, really fun. And, you know, a lot of hunts do hunt suppers. And most of the time, most of the hunt suppers that we have up here are catered and very fancy and um, and very expensive. And I really wanted to, 
to give back to the hunt and to host the hunt supper, but I, I really didn't want to go that route. So I had to figure out a way to host, you know, it could have been over a hundred people, um, to host everybody and, and give them a good meal and not go into the, you know, into totally into the red. So I, I bought a bunch of turkeys. I, I spent a whole day cooking turkeys and stuffing and, and all those things. And we had a huge spread of turkey sandwiches and, um, squash bisque soup and, and, and we had a bartender, so we had, you know, a big full bar and it was just really, really fun. Um, but, but now hopefully other people will, will see that you can throw a hunt supper and it doesn't have to be catered and it doesn't have to be super fancy and you can still have a great time. I I had people at my house that it was almost midnight and a big, there were probably still 30 people at my house. And they were all singing hunt songs. And it was just such a fun, fun night. You know, it was, it was really laid back and comfortable and, and a lot of fun. So for those of you that think you have to be really fancy to host a hunt supper, that's not exactly true. I like laid back and comfortable. That sounds like my kind of party. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it was very laid back. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Until you get that. a couple of drinks in you and then you start singing hunt songs. <laughs> it was well, like that you too. Know, really, you notice she said they weren't singing hunt songs at six o'clock. They were singing hunt songs no, we at midnight. Weren't. Yeah, midnight's That's when right. the hunt songs start. I don't think any hunt song has ever been sung before. Before, yeah, <laughs> before like 11, 11 yeah. <laughs> well, we're really lucky. Our huntsman is an Irishman, and he he really is like an Irish tenor. I don't know if you've ever heard Brian still sing oh, yeah, yeah. but he's, no. he's got an incredible, incredible voice. He and his girlfriend both, so they started it all off and. We didn't even know half the words, but we were still singing. (laughs) It doesn't matter. See, that's what the drinks are for. (laughs) (laughs) It was really fun. So that was the, so it was hunt ball, then the hunt supper. You'll take some time to breathe and relax over the winter. And then it's what? We have just a couple of months and then you start legging up again for spring. Well, I'm going to go down and I'm hoping you're going to come with me. I'm going to go down to Aiken in February and um, do a little bit of hunt week. Uh, one of our masters has offered me one of her horses to use. So that should be pretty exciting. Um, so I'm going to hunt one more time this before the spring. All right. Then it's I'll just log plan. on and start looking at ticket prices because that's what I'll do. Okay. okay. <laughs> we can do that. It's, uh, for anybody that's interested, Aiken Hunt Week, both with the Whiskey Road Fox Towns, it's uh, February 4th through the 12th. And I'm planning on going... Um, later in that first week because their hunt ball is that Friday night, the 6th. So I want to be down there for their ball and oh. to go hunting. Um, yeah. Well, congratulations <laughs> on your colors and for a Thank wonderful you. season. Thank you so much for joining us. We're running out of time here today. but uh, And Merry Christmas to you. Oh, Merry Christmas to you. And have a terrific holiday season. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Me. We'll talk to you again next year, 2015, <laughs> believe it or not. And I'll probably talk okay. to you later. <laughs> okay. All right. Tally-ho. Bye. Tally ho. Dr. Rose's Remedies Skin Treatment Salve and Spray are 100% all-natural products. They are anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal. Sadly, they are not (laughs) anti-idiot. They do a lot of things, but they can't keep you free from the idiots in life. Dr. Rose's are made with all human-grade ingredients and are safe and effective for the treatment of scratches, abrasions, cuts, and scrapes, which I get plenty of. Ask for Dr. Rose's at your local retailer, and if they don't carry it, ask them to. Dr. Rose's is a small company, and they're easy to work with. If you live in one of those places that requires a three-hour drive to the nearest tax store, like me, you can find Dr. Rose's Remedies online. Visit them at drrosesremedies.com. You know what What it was great for this summer was uh, Scooter was getting scratches because he has white four white legs. Mm-hmm. So he was getting scratches almost the whole way around. And uh, Dr. Roses, we'd put Dr. Roses on and in a day, the scratches would be gone. So it was really good for scratches. 
Yeah, I, you know, Brody gets, um, well, he's always sticking his nose where it doesn't belong. So he gets a lot of uh, little teeny nicks and, and abrasions on his nose, which is pink mm-hmm. and sensitive. So little pink um, nose. His little pink nose. And he does not like me touching his face. But if I stick a finger in the Dr. Rose's the little, um, you know, container, my Dr. Rose's, he stands quietly and happily and just lets me smear it on whatever he's done to himself that day. <laughs> and, you know, a day or two later, we're back to... Uh, smooth pink nose so i'm i'm definitely a fan it's really good too at avoiding and he has pictures to prove this and they're kind of gross so i don't like to look at them but um they they it's really good at avoiding proud flesh so yeah. if you're using dr roses you can you, you can uh, eliminate a lot of that uh whereas some other treatments uh, you know you're going to get the proud flesh whether you like it or not so drrosesremedies.com Next up, we have a, a past guest. He's our favorite horse photographer, as we said. His name is Scott Trees of treesmedia.com. He is well known for being a horse photographer the last 30, 40 years in the Arab world. He takes uh, lots of pictures of Arabians and has been over to the Middle East once or twice a year, almost every year for a long time. He also does architecture. She does some amazing architecture shots. Uh, but, of course, we're here to talk horses. So let's talk to Scott Trees. Well, hi, Scott. Welcome back to the show. Hey, how are you doing? I haven't heard from you for a while. How are things in your world? Oh, they're terrific. We, uh, we passed <laughs> our six-year anniversary here on Stable Scoop, and I think you've been on every year for about six years. <laughs> I think it's been well, on. that's good. I'm, I, it's always great to be on your program, and, and you guys have done a great job. So, you know, kudos to you. Kudos well, to you. Well, thank you. And, thank of course, you. you're our favorite photographer, and we don't say that lightly. Um, no, and we we come across a lot of equine photographers. Yes. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah, that kind of happened in, in today's world, actually, that, you know, everybody and their uncle's a photographer today. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's tons of them. It's well, horrible. Yeah. But you actually have been around for about 100 years, right, Scott? Isn't that how yeah, long you've been? Going, going on two, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, you know, I... I definitely, you know, I've been doing this long enough. I've been discovered and rediscovered in my career about five times now. And, mm. you know, I'm in that phase. I mean, you, we all go through as artists in our craft and you always try and you know, improve and do things and reinvent yourself. And I chuckle sometimes. I'll go to an event and somebody will say, have you been doing this long? And it's like, oh, my God, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> longer, longer than I care to admit, actually. <laughs> you know, I'm in my third act and I'm not saying that negatively. I mean, I, you know, I've been around a while, but... Um, it's going to be a great act, so and hopefully a lot better than the other two. Well, Helene so, and I, we're in our we're in we're in the fourth half, so we yes, we understand. Yes. Yeah, we get it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I've reinvented my career about eighty times. So I'm. I'm oh yeah, you know, but you do, and especially in today's world, if you know, if you're not willing to reinvent, um, and you're 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 going to. You're not going to. You can't last. I mean, and it's. I think artistically, anybody in in, in whatever field they're, they're in, if they want to continue to evolve and grow, you've got to be willing to change and modify. And um, and to be and honest, that's, you know what, Scott? So, if we're honest, Helene and I, we the, we we're, we still don't know what the hell we're doing. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's that, that thing, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Does yeah. that ever change? Yeah. I was hoping by the time I hit 50 that I would know. No, it doesn't. I'm 64, so it doesn't, you know, I'm still, I'm getting a little clearer idea now that I think I finally figured out I'm, I don't want to grow up. So to hell. <laughs> just, <laughs> screw it. <laughs> just going just gonna to keep going on the way I'm going, you know, keep life interesting. <laughs> So well, that, I'm I'm going through your um your website and your mm-hmm. photo your your portfolio galleries and yeah. for someone who's been um so immersed in his career for so long I'm wondering uh how your artistic eye has changed over the years and with different at different times in your life so um well there there's two questions actually that's one of them maybe you can answer this one first when you okay when you take a photo are you interpreting something that you see? Are you capturing a moment to then share? Or what is, what's the inspiration behind each image? When you, yeah, that's, before that's, you that's actually put question. your finger down. Yeah, what's the it, inspiration? It's not necessarily a, a conscious process. I mean, there's something that um, I, I've always 
categorize myself as a reactive shooter. And by that, I mean, I can go into a session with an idea, a general idea of what I would like to do. But then once I get there, especially if it's, you know, as you guys know, I do commercial work as well, but if it's, if it's a horse venue and, you know, the horse is going to dictate what actually ends up happening. And so I might, you know, come in with an idea of what I think I want to do and then I'll see the light will, uh, be better someplace else, or the horse might be acting a little differently. And so I'm basically, I'm, I'm, I'm responding as much to, um, I, I just respond to what's in front of me. I, I react. And so I, you know, I can think that it's great for that horse to trot on that rail, but it's not the rail closest to the barn or his friends and he wants to go someplace else and, or hits a look that's just incredible. And, and so, you know, I, I have a good sense of timing and I, and I react to what I see. And I, and I have a, I don't necessarily have a preconceived motion or idea. Sometimes I do, but more often than not, I'm just, I'm just kind of immersing myself in the moment. And so I am definitely trying to, to respond to that moment that catches my eye and, and, it's, and, and it's an instant. And when I shoot horses, I watch the eyes and the ears. I've been doing it long enough now that the timing is there. So I'm yeah. looking for that something it's i've always said if i can get behind the veil of the eyes i can say something about the subject i'm photographing that's people horses dogs whatever if, you, if the, when that veil drops for that instant when you're kind of behind and in that in their in their moment for that moment and i think so, that's always well, been a hallmark of my style is that I, I capture those moments a lot and helena your follow-up yeah my oh the follow-up question yeah Yes. Which is, how has that changed over the years? Because I'm going through some of the photos and, um, for example, one of them just reaches out, grabs me, hugs me and says, this is, this is your life, Helena. And it's, uh-huh. um, it's a Palomino, um, who's gotten into the hay, the hay barn. Yes. <laughs> and yes. it's a black and yeah. black and white sort of CPS thing. Black and white, thing. the black and yeah, no, that which was, is a very that, that that's a very fun. different view, though, than some of your other images. Now, I know, you know, obviously, when you're at a shoot, things the setup is a little bit different and the intent is a little bit different. But right. I, I, there's a different feeling in some of your images. And I'm wondering if those well, represent absolutely. different no, times no, of your that life. Image in particular, it's, it's interesting you pick that one out because of all the pictures I've shot in my career, that's of horses. That's my personal favorite. <laughs> and um, it is way to go, Helena. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Good girl. Um but it was taken in Poland, and I was actually there shooting um, an article um, in Poland, and actually they're shooting a specific horse in relation, in addition to the article. And um, I was so struck by, uh, I was there in 93, and so I was so struck by how in that um, time, everybody, still so many people needed the horse for their daily survival. And so this draft horse, this guy didn't have a tractor. He had this draft horse. And so um, the fellow that I was staying with was an, a very talented artist in his own right named Maciek Falkovich, who spoke very little English. But he came up. I'd been shooting all, all that morning. I was taking a break later in the day, and he came running up and said, Scott, Kona, come, we go. And so we got in this little bitty car of his, and we followed this horse. And all the, in Europe, all of those old homes are built around courtyards. And so I went in to, to wanted to photograph this horse because uh, he knew I liked the heavy horses. And usually when I shoot for myself, I shoot black and white. And so um, I um, went in, and, and this fellow, nobody spoke English, and so I was trying to convey that I wanted to photograph his horse. Well, he thought I wanted to photograph him with his horse, so I photographed him with his horse. And then he said, moment, moment, and he went and got his family, and I photographed his wife and his daughter with the horse, and they were so <laughs> proud that I wanted to photograph all of them. And so I was able to very gently take the horse away from the man and turned him loose and, and I was just hoping to get a picture of him walking back into the hay. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And, and that's there again. There's the preconceived idea. Well, I think it could be interesting to see this horse walking back into the barn. Right. Well, what he did when he, when he walked back into the barn, because his stall was just off to the left of the, of the um, um, wagon that he'd been pulling all day to, for the hand-loaded hay, um, he reached over and took a bite of the hay. And at just that moment, I captured it. And, and it was just... Um, you know, it's very old world, and, and um, you know, that's kind of the story behind the picture. It could be so, very new world. It, it doesn't, I mean, <clears throat> yeah. it could be any barn at any place. Obviously, the tack right. and, and the horses accoutrements tell us that it's it's not typically an American scene. It's but, not a show barn. Yeah. Right. yeah. But it's, it's, um, it's a quiet moment. It's a quiet moment it that 
most people don't see and most people looking at horse pictures don't see. Um, right. It's that other side. And those, and those moments are the ones I look for those. I mean, let's face it, the majority of the time, I mean, I've, I've always kind of quantified, I'm an advertising shooter that happens to specialize in horses. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, I'm, I'm brought in most of the time to shoot an image of some sort for an ad of some sort. And so my approach is, has always been, how can you take the ordinary and make it extraordinary for people to take a look at? It? And that's kind of always been the underlying uh, goal of my approach to photographing anything uh, in, in, a, in an advertising sense, horse or otherwise. And so, but when you see the, it's those other moments that we that love horses, you know, it is those moments that we always see that really mean the most to us. And I think that's why that particular picture is one of my, as one of my more meaningful, A, it's just kind of embodied my whole feeling for what happened in a, a, a remarkable trip for me. I was in Poland for two, two, two weeks at that point. And, and I grew up around Polish Arabian, so it was kind of a dream come true to get to be at these historical studs. And then the people I met and the, the whole experience. And this was actually, I think I took that shot the day before I left the country. So, you know, I, I just, um, so there, there, you know, there, you have to kind of quantify the moments of what you're trying to do. And that's what a lot of people, especially as we alluded to earlier, so many people have cameras today. And, you know, they have the chance to kind of see those moments and capture them because that's what really keeps us all involved with this, not necessarily just the show side. Yeah, that's a little different than years ago when we saw those moments and you went, damn, I wish I had my camera, you know, the yeah, thousand camera, times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, today, now, now you today do. You have your iPhone and take it. Yeah. You know, you I do. mean, it's, it's, you do. And it's so, you know, that's, that's just the way technology's changed. But um, it is, it is a, it's not a conscious process. I mean, as I, I do a lot of workshops. I'm actually giving a lot of workshops now. And one of the things that I share with my students is um, I'm not an instructor that's going to take you up to a point and not tell you anything else because you might learn something I know how to do. I'll tell you anything. And I, I tell my students my workshops are full of information, and I tell them everything I know. And I point out to them, I can tell you everything I know, and you're still not going to take pictures like I do. And it's not that because I'm so much better. It's just that we all have our own approach. And ultimately how we end up photographing our subjects and as much comes from, from, from inside us. And, and that's going to be different from everybody and what horses mean to you and, and, you know, those kinds of things. I mean, that, that's where ultimately I think the differences come up and that's what, that's what fosters a style um, is that it's, it's your personal interpretation of what's in front of you. Now you've been busy this year. You just got done being a keynote speaker. Now you know you've yes. been you've been you photographed Arabians for a long time. I'm talking to horses now. Uh, you photographed yes, yes. Ara- actually both. Uh, you photographed Arabians for a long time, and you just spoke mm-hmm. as the keynote speaker at their convention, I, right? I was, I was, I I was um, asked to to speak, and and I have been involved with the Arabian horses, as, as I think we alluded in the earlier shows. I grew up in the horse industry. My mother had saddlebreds. I jumped horses for a while, but I got involved with the Arabian horse when I was 13 years old. And so I've got a five-decade lifetime experience and a four-decade professional experience with these horses. So there were some things that, you know, I felt as a keynote I needed to say, and, and uh, uh, the audience was extremely receptive to the comments that I shared, and um, it, it was a great experience for me. Um, and I was also fortunate I had was able to showcase some images that were a part of the Kentucky Horse Park show I did, and uh, they were the big prints that they put on display there. So they got to be out, and, and then I, I'm allowing AHA to hang them in their offices uh, for a while. So it was, a, it was a great event for me and a great group of people. Helena, Jennifer and I got to see that uh, that showing that you had at Kentucky Horse Park with some yeah. ama- on huge prints. I mean, these are, these yeah. are above the mantle t- size. And uh, yeah. it was some just some amazing, amazing stuff. Thank you. you. You know, speak of the Arabian world, there's a world where, one, the horses are, like, magical to take photographs of. I don't know what it is about an Arabian, but they're just magical. Uh, well, they're the, they're the high fashion models of the business. Yeah, that's true. And they, they, almost, they yeah. almost approach a unicorn, you know? They're the Victoria's yeah. Secret exactly. models. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. I mean, they... they they're they, bred for know, what they do. <laughs> exactly. And, and they're, you know, they're so... Um, they, they can be ethereal, they can be dynamic, they can be athletic. I mean, there's so much, there's a lot to the breed that, that is, um, uh, makes them, you know, great to photograph. I mean, I certainly love photographing the broke horses and you know, all breeds of horses, but I think as an industry also, they've been very receptive to different kinds of shots. I mean, I certainly had a lot to do with that, uh, the 40 years ago I started doing this, but, 
um, but they're very receptive to different kinds of images, and, and that's that helps as well. And so, you know, they're they're just fun to photograph. You know, years ago, thirty five years ago, the the thirty. 25 to 30 years ago, the Arab industry was huge. The horses were selling for big bucks, mm-hmm. and then the bottom fell mm-hmm. out. They have had their ups and downs through the last 30 years. Absolutely. Yeah, just like any other. Yeah. And I shared my concerns with that. I mean, it's, you know, the Arabian horse is, is, it has developed a bad rep. I mean, the, the common consensus of the Arabian is they're pretty expensive and you can't do anything with them. And yes, they're pretty, but they're not necessarily expensive, and they, they're the most, one of the more versatile breeds there are. And, they're, and people think they're too high-strung, but turns out, you know, they're, they're turning out to be one of the most adept horses for um, therapy uh, on a variety of levels. Uh, because they're, they, they just, the one thing I think that can fairly be said about an Arabian horse is that they relate to people differently than most breeds. And call it whatever you want, but they do. And so, um, you know, they, they require they, a level they, of authenticity in people that um, you yeah, do get in therapeutic well situations. Well said. Right. Yeah. And I and I think that I had one lady who was sharing, you know, she has uses 15 of them in a program she uses for trouble, uh, uh, troubled teens. And she said, you know, I can put get this one horse. I can have a girl on her that's never ridden a horse. And that same horse can be a show horse for somebody. You know, they kind of intuit where I think where the people are with them. But so at any rate, you know, I mean, that's certainly been the breed that I've done the most with and where I think I probably received my most recognition. But I've done all the breeds at one point or another. Most all of them. Well, can we do a tip here quick before we have to let you go? Certainly. certainly. How, about, tip, uh, how about photographing in the winter when there's snow? Because snow offers so yeah. much glare. And, and let's keep in mind that most people are using their their iPhones, which, by the way, are better right. than the $500 camera I probably bought three years ago. Well, they, you know, <laughs> so. it's interesting. The, iPhone, the new iPhones are better than the first, quote, professional, unquote, digital camera I own. But That's right. Biggest, you you paid 5000 for it. <laughs> yeah, I get a ridiculous amount of money then. But the biggest problem with snow is that it's so bright and that most, most people will probably, when they get their snow pictures coming back, they're going to see that they're kind of blue. Uh, that's kind of a common thing. They look a little dark and the snow is blue. And the reason that happens is because the light meters see all of that brightness and they go, oh my gosh, you know, it's really bright, so I need to darken the image. And so the best way to get pictures of horses in the snow is to either shoot it on a manual setting where you can override the light meter. And generally you have to open up a half a stop to a full stop when you shoot on the snow. The same could be said of the beach. I mean, anything bright like that, or, or, or the sand when I shot in the Middle East all the time. You know, it's so bright that you have to compensate and tell the, me- and tell the meter, no, it's not, it's not really as bright as you think. We want to keep that brightness in there. So you, you can either shoot it on manual and then set your, take your meter reading and overexpose a half stop or a full stop. Or if you tend to shoot on an automatic mode, most of today's digital SLRs will give you the option to use exposure compensation. And on that, it's just a little exposure, and you do a plus one-half to a plus one. And as a rule, you'll see that your, your pictures will come back looking like white snow rather than blue snow. Mm. So it was plus one, is that? A plus one is a bit, as, as a rule, it's a, usually a half a stop. I'd, I'd usually run a test shot, and that's the thing with today's digital world, is you can take a quick test picture and go, right. oh, no, nope, still blue. You know, so start off at a half and go to, and usually about a full stop does it. You know what the problem is, too, with our phones nowadays? We, most people, and I don't know if Helena's the same way. Uh, let me not say most people. I <laughs> tend to forget I have settings at all. So yeah. you yeah. never well, look at those so settings, easy. and then you're yeah. taking pictures in the same mode every time, and then all of a sudden I right. remember, wow, I could, I could have changed that. <laughs> I could have done something, yeah. yeah exactly. Well, well we, and, that, you know, and that's like, the thing, too. Go ahead. We Go ahead. St- are the the places where we buy these things. They dumb everything down, so you don't, you know, you don't really know how to take a manual photo anymore. And you exactly. know, for most people, they don't need to know how. They don't need to no. even know what f stop is. But um, right. if you, you know, if this is something that you want to do and you, it's it's important for you to to capture and portray these images, then you know, open up a book or pop into a class, you'd, it's right. not rocket science. Like you can understand just enough, right? Like even just knowing how to change exactly. the F-stop on your camera. Well, I think it's, yeah, I think it's, there's, you know, there's certainly a lot of resources there. I've got, you know, workshops that I do online. I'm yeah, tell us about those. Uh, well, I've got several, I've got several workshops online. If people go to my website at treesmedia.com, they can go look. I have a couple sections for workshops 
And also under the retail side, I just just this week released a new series called Equine Photography 101. And it's a four-part DVD series that covers a lot of information about how to photograph horses, from equipment oh, considerations cool. to lighting to poses. It's, they're four 30-minute uh, DVDs, so it's a two-hour two hour presentation that covers a lot of ground. Wow, that'd be a great uh, Christmas gift. Yeah, that'd be a really good Christmas $49, and if you order it before the 15th of December, you get a 15% discount. So just go to my site and go to retail, and it says DVD sets. So I'm kind of excited about those. I'm going to start offering more and more as time goes on. I actually have one called Equine Photography 101, and there's another one up there called The Art of Lighting. Cool. So um, it's time to share my knowledge a little more. I certainly have enough of it. Well, we're not getting younger either, <laughs> no so practice. we better get it no, out there, Teresa. <laughs> I'll speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> treesmedia.com is where you'll find it and if you want to hear past interviews and all the different tips that we have done about photography over the years you can go to Horse Tip Daily and just look up Scott Trees uh, we have done a ton of them over the years but it's treesmedia.com if you want to look at you have somebody that's a, a, a budding photographer in your family and want to give them a gift that they would probably really appreciate then, uh, then that DVD set is the way to go I thank you for that, and you know it's not, and it's not just horses. I mean, while I concentrate on horses, any, it, anybody that wants to learn more about photography, this this would help them. Scott Trees at TreesMedia dot com. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, thank Scott. You too. It's always a pleasure, and have a merry Christmas, both of you. You too. Up next, we have another of my favorite segments. They're all my favorite segments, in case you hadn't. I noticed. <laughs> I noticed that. you you said that at the beginning of the show with <laughs> with Sissy too, and I went. You know, she says that every show. <laughs> it's my favorite show now. I got my favorite segments. Uh, Everything's my favorite. You know what? I just love favorite. everything. It's the holiday season. I love everything. That's right. Happy, happy. And I haven't even been drinking, and I love everything. <laughs> See, I'm just naturally in love with the world. But Tack and Habit is close to my heart, and this week we have um, our friend Bree from Riding Warehouse, and she's going to tell us about two products, which are super cool, which I will not buy, but I fully expect to be given as gifts. Intent. <laughs> Intent. So um, let's get Bree on and hear what she's got to talk about. Well, hi, Bree. Welcome back. Hi. Thanks for having me back. So ridingwarehouse.com, seeing some orders coming in for the holidays. You got through Black Friday and Cyber Monday? Yes, we are. We're surviving. We got through that, and uh, and it seems like it really hasn't slowed down since. So we're excited about this holiday season. It's you know, I remember when we had our store, and we just went online way back in the 90s, and I remember packing boxes till three, 2 or 3 in the morning, so I get it. Yep, I think there's some people doing that probably this week. Yeah, Bree's like, uh, hell with that, I'm out of here at 6. Yeah, <laughs> peace out. <laughs> See you guys, that's why I'm the marketer. There you go. <laughs> well, now, do you know, the another reason Riding Warehouse, I think, is doing so good is you got you got the free shipping over 50 bucks, you got the five day, $5 two-day air, and, and an unheard of 365-day return. You know, I told some people about that the other day that were friends that were buying stuff for the holidays, and I said, you should check at Riding Warehouse, and I mentioned that they were like, "Who does that?" And I said, "They do cool. that." So that was that's something I don't think you you know you talk about enough. Is oh okay, well I'll bring it up again. Three hundred sixty-five days to return it, <laughs> and not only that, but if you're in the contiguous U.S., we'll we will send a free return shipping label with all packages that go out regardless of value. So um, it's perfect for gifts too. If you're thinking about gifts this holiday season. That way, if they need to return it, they definitely can. They have a lot of time to return it. They can return it up to a year. So, um, And then you can always give them the free shipping label, and they can get whatever they want in exchange. So let me reiterate. If I was to try and guess Helena's size for a pair of breeches, and I got it totally wrong, and I'm embarrassed because I bought six times too big, uh, oh, no. <laughs> she can send it back for free and then get the return for free? Yep. Is that how it works? Yep. It's free both ways. Yep. She can send it back for free within 365 days. And then we would ship her the correct size for free. And, you know, say you get breeches and they don't need breeches. They want something for their horse instead. Um, they can also exchange that for something. Or for let's take the more the likely holidays. scenario that she gains 10 pounds over the holidays. And oh, no. Then. 
I'm sorry he's using you for an example here, Helena. What else <laughs> is, is new? <laughs> Welcome to my house under the bus. It's no longer a it's vacation comfy home. Under there, it is isn't a year-round it? residence. It's nice and comfy and warm yeah. under there. Hey, yeah, uh, I'm going to carpet it. <laughs> Bree, what are we talking about today product-wise? <laughs> Well, today we've got um, the newest back-on-track products into our warehouse. And the first one I'm going to talk about I think is a great gift item. So I think this is a really um, timely one that I'm going to discuss, and it's the back-on-track. It's a mini blanket, and it's actually for you. So they've got a selection of human products and horse products, and you'll find a large selection on our website. We've got quite a nice line of back-on-track products. Um, So if you're familiar with the line, uh, you might – want a few different things that we have to offer. But I really like this blanket because it is does cater to the riders. And for those of you not familiar with the black, back on track uh, technology, it basically contains some ceramic powder and it's their own state-of-the-art um, technology and it reflects your own body heat back onto itself. So what happens is it really relaxes muscles. Um, so if you've, And it's both horse and rider. So the horse products work the same as the human products. Um, basically relaxes your muscles, increases circulation, and reduces the swelling. So it's great not only on injuries, but also to prevent injuries or to just uh, relieve soreness. But this blanket is really cool. It's 20 by 27 inches. Um, it's really nice when you're just kind of hanging out on the couch. You can put it over whatever area needs a little bit of attention. Makes a fantastic gift. So a great price, $44.95. Very reasonable for the technology that's involved. Um, and I just think that the, and it's, oh, it's machine washable too. I can't forget that because us horse people, we love things that are machine washable. So um, it's just, it's a really great, it's very easy to transport. Um, you can throw it in a suitcase and it's just, the only thing I would be aware of is because <laughs> you, is you may not want to have it um, too close to somebody who might fall in love with it because it's too easy to steal. <laughs> so that's the only thing to keep in mind is just keep it, you know, keep it in your room. Don't leave it out because once people try it, they're really going to feel a difference. We have several people down um, in our warehouse that actually pulled it out of inventory and we're trying it on and they love it. So that's a great gift, but it's also good all year round. Um, sore backs, legs, anything really. It's just a really nice little tool at a reasonable price. So that's the first one I'm going to talk about. Okay. And then, um, so that's, that's pretty new in our warehouse. And the latest thing in our warehouse from Back on Track is the therapeutic fleece exercise quarter sheet. So a lot of people are using quarter sheets this time of year and on into the winter. Um, This one contains that same state-of-the-art technology uh, in the quarter sheet, and it's actually set up so you can ride um, very easily, just like any quarter sheet. And so that's going to really relieve a lot of stress on your horse's hindquarters. And it's also fleece lined, so it's going to keep them warm. So it kind of does two things, kind of keeps them nice and warm in the wintertime when you're out riding, but it's also going to soothe muscles. And in the winter, the muscles do tend to get a little bit tighter. So I think the technology merging with a quarter sheet is perfect for the six months of the year where it's fairly cold when we're out riding. So um, that's the latest and greatest in, in our warehouse from back on track. We love all of their products. So we've got back braces, knee braces, ankle braces. Um, we've got the horse, the full sheet. So if you have a horse and you've got them in your stall and you want to put something on, we've got the full sheet on there. We've got saddle pads. We cover a, a pretty wide range. But that qu- this quarter sheet is super, super nice. Um, if you take a look at it on our website, it's really good looking, nice and sleek and black. So it's not, um, not going to show too much dirt, which I really like, especially in the wintertime when it can be muddy. And um, like I said, I think it's just the perfect blend because people want to ride in quarter sheets. But then you're also at the same time not only keeping your horse warm, but also using that technology to relax their muscles. Um, great on like colder back type horses too. The saddle pads work fantastic. If you've got a cold back horse, um, those are a really good tool. So we've just got a lot of products that you can use. And this um, stuff is good. Uh, yeah, my wife uh, and I both use the human products, and oh. uh, they really do work. And I, uh, you know, just can't recommend back on track enough. 
Well, we yeah. uh, will put a link to these uh, products in our show notes, but you can just go to writingwarehouse.com and just search back on track and it'll bring up all their different products, make great gifts. And you know, when the nice part about when you buy somebody a, a gift of a back on track product is they know you bought them a quality product. So anybody that knows anything about horses and gets a back on track products knows that you, you put some thought into it, you spent some money on them and, uh, and you know, they just know it's quality so that it makes a great gift. And I'm saying that from a husband who has bought some pretty crappy products over the years. So, um, uh, you know, I, my wife will attest to that. I'm getting better. It's only taken me 30 years, but I'm figuring it out. Thank you, Bree. Thanks, You're welcome. Bree. Thank you for having me. I hope you guys have a good rest of your holiday season. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Bree. Well, now we have a tradition that we do every December here on the Horse Radio Network, and that's our annual All Hosts episode. We've been doing it since it was just Lean and I, the first one, uh, six, seven, seven years ago. But now we have a lot of different hosts here on the shows, and every year we get together and we just have a little party and record it and then put it out on Christmas week, and we're going to do that this year. We're recording it next week. Are you coming? Are you going to be there? I'm going to be there with Yay! bells on. You have to be there. You're required. Bells on and booze in hand. It's been so much fun over the years. We've had a great time. I just look forward to that every year, getting together with everybody, because we never do that. It's the only time it, all year that all the hosts get together and have fun. You know, Dude, it's, you need to have a party. Have yep. a party in Florida and we'll come. It's like the Horse Radio Network Christmas party. That's you live in the horse capital of like the world, so what's the problem? Yeah, you understand. have to get down here this winter, by the way. Well, have an all-host party and I'll be there. <laughs> Well, hopefully we'll see you at 8 in January, too, as we make our way to snowy Philadelphia. Yeah, I know. We're actually talking about going home for the holidays this year, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, We haven't been home probably in 10 years to Pennsylvania, so we might do that, too. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. You know, when you live in Florida, you don't want to leave in the winter. (laughs) Yeah, I don't blame you. Although, you know, the holidays up here are quite magical. They are, yeah. They're not the Magic Kingdom magical, (laughs) but they can be kind of cool. Cozy fire and some friends and family. Well, we're running out of time. Thank you, Helena. If you want to listen to our shows, one of the easiest ways to do it is on our app. You can go to the iOS or Android app store and just search for Horse Radio Network. The Stable Scoop Show is one of eight shows on the app that you can listen to. And uh, you can find Helena at... Helena at sparkleandboom.com. Or you can also find me at Chasing a Fox. Follow us on Facebook because that's where I spend a lot of my free time. And of course, you can follow the Stable Scoop Radio Show at stablescoop.com. You can go back and listen to all 328 past episodes on there. If you're crazy enough to do that, we would welcome it. <laughs> that's it for this week, Helena. That is plenty, but there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping. Happy scooping.